0: On today's show, we've got an NCAA roundup for you. We'll talk about Macklin Celebrini, a couple of uh, Draft uh, draft Plus One players who are producing, and also some that are struggling. We'll talk about some NTDP boys that are uh, popping off right now and working really well, and then we'll end things off with some defensemen, all coming up on today's show of Locked On NHL Prospects.
1: You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects are rated for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High. And on today's show, we've got an NCAA roundup for you. We're going to start things off uh, with Macklin Celebrini. Uh, Who else to talk about? Honestly, in the NCAA, he is at the top of the scoreboard and not showing any signs of slowing down. We'll talk about his progression, what he's worked on um, since his draft minus one. We'll also talk about a couple of draft plus one players who are surprisingly standing out. Uh, We'll start off with Bradley Nadeau. And also talk about a seventh round pick, Aiden Fink, uh, who's producing really well so far. In our second segment, we'll talk about a couple of of former NTDP boys and, and Isaac Howard and Frank Nazar, who have picked up some steam this year and I've been producing a bit better. And then we'll end things off with a talk about some defensemen in the SAA, including Seamus Casey, Lane Hudson, and a lot more. Before we get into any of that though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com to get started. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next and what you think of our episode. And if you're uh, listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. So let's get things started here. Let's talk about Macklin Celebriani. Uh, The first overall pick in our Dauber Prospects rankings, the first overall pick on every single ranking I've seen so far. So, um, I don't think there's much doubt left there, but in terms of the production, it's ridiculous. I mean, he's still firing off at two points a game. Um, still, you know, the only contender to him in the last 30 years in terms of points per game is Paul Korea, no less. Um, he's producing more than, than, than Adam Fantilli, more than Jack Eichel. I mean, what makes him so effective with BU this year?
1: Oh my God. So many things uh, like the environment on the one hand is an ideal one for him. I mean, he has other skilled yeah. players to to play off of. I mean, playing with, with defensemen of the likes of Lane Hudson, Tom Volander definitely helps in terms of having uh, blue liners that activate and help him and support offensively. Uh, despite the, relative lack of high end offensive talent at BU apart from from Celebrini it's not the the most stacked offensive group in the world apart from him but it hasn't mattered this season and Celebrini is really leading every single offensive rush like he is the best transition player in the entire NCAA already uh, yeah. and uh, his his play on the cycle has really grown impressively in the last like six or eight months like yeah. towards the end of last season with Chicago you saw some flashes of him starting to become as dominant uh, on the cycle as he is on the rush mm-hmm. but I I hadn't expected it to be just as uh, blindingly dominant as it's been so far this season and yeah. he, he's, he's just been dominant every fast of the game he's been uh playing with tremendous pace executing high-end plays at those high speeds he's been showing a high-end playmaking ability to go with a really 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 wicked shot on the one-timer from that right dot and uh he's been he's been everywhere he's been doing everything i think the the defensive game has been all right so far it's not not perhaps the same level as like perhaps elite level uh defensive players but uh, I do think it can get there. He has that, the mind. He he has really good scanning habits. He's always trying to improve his impact on the game in any way he can. Yeah. So I, I would expect the defensive game to take some more steps over the, over the next two or three years uh, to kind of maybe not entirely match the offensive toolkit, but get pretty close. And uh, yeah, he he's he's looked entirely the part of a high-end first overall pick this season.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, and what's really impressed me is just every step of the way, you can see the progression in his kind of overall pro habits. He just plays such a, a translatable game. So many of the little things are there. You know, he catches pucks in stride. He's able to get back and, and leverage his, his you know, his body positioning and his and his technique on board battles is astute. I mean, overall, he just he controls the game every step of the way. His off puck movement is ridiculous. The forechecking angles are great. I mean, there are so many intricate details in his game that just scream NHL. Basically, everything I look for to determine whether or not a player is, you know, closer than the rest to the NHL is there with Celebrini. I don't think there's going to be any issue with him hopping into the NHL from from day one and having a great impact. I mean, he's amazing. Um, And the production so far reflects that. Again, it's historic production levels from Celebrini. Um, Let's move on to a couple players who are in the draft plus one. Uh, So 2023 NHL draft prospects who have popped off in ways that we didn't expect this early. And we're talking about two players who were playing in kind of the lower tier... Um, kind of junior leagues in Canada. I mean, we'll start with Bradley Nadeau. He's playing in the BCHL um, along with Adar Suniev, who's also in the NCAA this year. But you see a major gap in the point production. Um, Nadeau, Nadeau is a, is above a point per game right now. I think he has 13 and 12 or something like that. Um, and meanwhile, Adar Suniev is, is at six points in 11 games. So there's a major gap in their production ability. And the main thing with Nadeau is just the goal scoring abilities off the charts, the playmaking abilities improve so much. Um, he's a solid skater. He's able to get around players really easily. The stick-handling solid. I think the, the base of offensive tools with Nadeau is what made the Carolina Hurricanes to make the jump on him so early. Um, and I think it was fully warranted. We're talking about a player who has fantastic upside as a goal scorer. Probably top-level oh, in a packed, packed draft last year. Um, yeah. So yeah. Overall, just really been impressed with him. But then you got Aiden Fink. Seventh round pick. I mean, yeah, I, I liked him. I had him in, in my kind of second or third round range. Uh, and he slipped all the way to the seventh to uh, the National Predators. Um, and yeah, I mean, he just, he's been above a point per game so far, jumping out of the AJHL, which is a difficult jump, a difficult. Ju- I mean, the only other prospect I can name you that made that jump, you know, seamlessly was Caleb McCarr. Like, it's that difficult. Yeah, no no one much. Just, you know, a generational defenseman. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that jump is ridiculously hard. I feel like Fink has seemed into it really well. Um, He is playing in a kind of lower-tier program in Penn State, uh, and a lot of his points have come recently. But if you look at the teams against which he's put up these points, I mean, he's been struggling to put up points against St. Lawrence College and American International College. But the moment he plays against Michigan... Six points, into games. Six points in two <laughs> games against Michigan. And yeah, it's working out really well for him. It's very rare you see a seventh round pick go go above a point per game in any league, let alone the NCAA. But yeah, Fink deserves this mention. Absolutely. Um, what did you like from Fink in his draft year? And what do you think the, the gap was between your assessment of, of him and mine?
1: I liked him. I, I didn't watch as much of him as you did. I think mm-hmm. whenever I, 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 I can avoid watching AJHL hockey, I do. <laughs> uh, so I I don't think I, ca- I caught as many viewings as, as, as you did just out of uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, my own value for my mental health and the AJHL being a really rough league to scout. But uh, I really like the skill. I think that he was one of the most versatile players that I saw in the AJHL and BCHL last season and uh, the overall offensive toolkit, the intelligence, the anticipation were all real strengths that I saw. And, of course, there were some question marks, of course, like with the, the physical involvement and so on and so forth, that you always wonder when you have an undersized player playing, uh, well, pretty low-level low, low level hockey in their draft years. But uh, I, I liked him last year. I think I saw him more as like a fourth-round option than, than a second or third. But yeah. uh, he was a steal in the seventh and... Uh, there were a couple uh, Nashville fans that I was chatting to at the draft who were like, who is this guy that we picked in the seventh? I was like, he's actually really good. <laughs> like, yeah. He's genuinely really, really good. And, uh, and and he actually got a little bit of applause at the seventh round draft pick as the as the hometown player, uh, though he was a little bit upstage with that draft pick as it was David Paul's last ever draft pick as the GM of Nashville. Uh, yeah. So the entire standing ovation that was given there was not for Fink, but uh, <laughs> he, he he's had his own... Uh, Moments in the limelight this season. So I think he's recovering.
0: Absolutely. But that wraps things up for our first segment. We'll we'll go into a bit more of the NCAA forward core here in in the NCAA. Um, Starting off with a pair of former NTDP boys, uh, Isaac Howard and Frank Nazar. We'll also talk about a couple of struggling prospects in the NCAA so far. That's all coming up on today's show. Uh, But before that, a quick word from our sponsors over at Sleeper and FanDuel.
1: The new NHL season is here, and it comes with all sorts of possibilities. Your team could hoist the Stanley Cup. Sidney Crosby could score 50 goals. Again, he's on pace to do it. Or you can get involved yourself by joining the Daily Fantasy Hockey app, Sleeper. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, and especially Daily Fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy contests. To win 100 times your money on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight specific player stats. You can bet on the stars of the league or your favorite player on your fourth line. The choice is yours. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets on any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. And you can use that on anything ranging from spreads to player props to over and unders and far more. Whether you wanna bet on your favorite team to win the Super Bowl or your least favorite quarterback to throw five interceptions in a game, the choice really is yours. So visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
0: Alrighty. So moving on to our second segment here, where we're going to talk about a couple of NTDP boys and a couple of struggling prospects in the NCAA. Just as a reminder, make sure to check out Locked On Sports, today's national 24-7 channel. You can get updates on what's going on around sports uh, by checking out that channel. Uh, But yeah, let's start off with the NTDP pair here. We'll start off with Isaac Howard, who's really popping off after a struggling draftless one season. Um, Right now, he is up to 16 points in 14 games with Michigan State University, the same program Archchamolev Shunov. Uh, and yeah, he's been decently um, decently impressive overall in terms of his game. He's really leaned into his playmaking game. He's connecting plays a lot more fluidly in the offensive zone. Um, I still see him kind of struggle in transition. There are some plays where he seems a bit easy to kind of close off when he's trying to get it gain the offensive zone. But overall, once he gets a puck in the offensive zone, especially on the power play, Oh my goodness! The playmaking abilities really come off the charts, um, and it's 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 a breath of fresh air because we really needed to see more from Isaac Howard this year, and he's just responded in full again. 16 points in 14 games, um, but he was the type of player who teams, I mean, uh, scouts overall either had in their top 10 or in their like late early to late late first to early second round range, and that's where he ended up being drafted uh, by Tampa Bay. How's the fit there? Uh, with Tampa. I feel like they needed upside in their pool, and I think that Howard gives a decent amount, right?
1: Yeah, I I like the pick at the time, and I think last season with his lack of production, we saw a lot of uh, fans write him off pretty much immediately. And, uh, I mean, Tampa's prospect pool is uh, rather barren, and he was really, like, the gem in it, so the fact that he wasn't producing was uh, kind of... got more spotlight than if he were on a team that had other prospects to to kind of outshine him but uh i know we talked about him a bit this summer and we both (laughs) were kind of dumbfounded by by how little he was producing because the offensive toolkit the skill the (laughs) overall processing speed the creativity is all there and for sure uh i think I, i fell into the realm of like thinking that in reality, his value is somewhere between his NTDP production and his D plus one production. And we're kind of seeing that so far this season, which is making me quite happy because this is a really skilled and fun player that uh, had a really, really tough time last season. And uh, he's been picking up this season. He's been a lot more confident on the puck in my viewings. He's trying more things. He's making mistakes. Last season, it looked a lot to me as if uh, the advice he was getting from coaches was to limit mistakes and to to, to play a solid game rather than uh, play to his strengths. And this season, he's he's trying more things, and uh, that's been really good to watch and definitely plays more into his skill set.
0: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, that brings us to Frank Nazar who spent the entire Drop plus one season injured, which is not good uh, for any prospect trying to develop and, yeah. and improve their game. But he's bounced back fairly well. Um, he's up to 16 points in 14 games as well. Um, and yeah, I, I think in this last seven games, he's got 12 points. So as of recently, he's been popping off majorly. And it's really good to see because at the start of the year, his stock had dropped. I mean, you, you could see that this was a player who hadn't played in a long time, hadn't played at this level, at least for a long, long time. And, you know, he was trying to gain his bearings. And yeah, in the first seven games, he had four points, which isn't what you want to see from a draft plus two top 15 pick uh in a decent draft but this year uh, so far after that kind of slump at the start in the first half of the season so far like I said in the last seven games he's got 12 points he's working really well on the puck um you know scoring points and losses you know not necessarily stat padding against you know, weaker competition, but really playing decent games against decent competition. I've been fairly impressed with Nazar's game, and Nazar was a player I had second overall in this draft year. I've always been a major, major fan of his. Me too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've been decently impressed with what he's been doing so far, because in terms of skill set, in terms of dynamism, in terms of creativity, and especially in terms of just pure effectiveness and intensity on the ice, Frank Nazar is electrifying, and I feel like a peak Frank Nazar who who recovers from his injury the best way possible um, and, and kind of develops his game in the right ways could be a lethal finisher, a lethal offensive producer in the NHL. Um, so I'm really excited to see how that kind of develops for him because I'm still rooting hard for this kid. I mean, he deserves yeah. it. Um, yeah, he's a player who can play center or wing. Um, he'll give you some good defensive responsibility, a lot of pace going both sides. Um, and a, a really good finishing touch. This shot is not necessarily the most powerful, but it's such an effective shot. He, find, he finds holes in, in goalies' coverage so easily and effectively. So I'm excited to see how he develops. It's going to be really fun. But to close things off for this second segment here, we'll talk about two prospects who are struggling a bit, and we'll start with the bigger name, a player who I thought was a major reach in his draft year um, uh, this summer when he got drafted. And in the first round, I think, what was it, 24th overall? Um, I thought it was twenty first
1: or twenty second. It was pretty s- high,
0: Something like that. Um, yeah, Charlie Stramel's been having a rough time. Um, he, he's got zero points in seven games so far, which is not ideal at all for a player who's, you know, your your team hedges your bets on you. You want to prove them right, and so far it's been it's not been going the best for Stramel. Um, he's a player who you know. In terms of pace, in terms of skating ability, um, you know, he, he's got a decent top speed. I don't see as much lateral mobility and agility and and kind of those finer finer left to right movements that you'd like to see from a player like this. Um, so I feel like his skating has been a bit of an issue so far in the NCAA. He hasn't been able to separate really well. Um, and defensively, he's been all over the place as well. Uh, I don't see any consistency there either. So I'm, I'm still dumbfounded. But yeah, what, what's your read on on Stramel so far?
1: I mean, Wisconsin's not a great program yeah. for, for for skilled players to evolve in. Yeah. Uh, like this summer, uh, I, I saw some flashes with with Stramel at the World Junior Showcase that I was impressed with. But yeah. it's always been flashes in my view of Stramel. They're flashes of, of of creativity and and really impressive playmaking. Going back mm-hmm. to his D minus one, he was a really high end playmaker in the NTDP, and I think the a big part of the justification for that draft pick for Minnesota was the previous history of high-end production and high-end skill that just had manifested in Wisconsin. But I really did think the play this summer was to transform out of that program, but that didn't happen. And as as you said, zero points in seven games is not the start of the season that, that he would have been looking for. Uh, but yeah, there, there's definitely lots of warts in this game still. I, Uh, I think that uh, the scanning habits can definitely use some work, uh, especially defensively and off puck. On the puck, they're a lot better because he is a natural playmaker. But uh, he has a lot of these tools that he just doesn't apply to more than like two or three areas of his game. And I think that has really caused a lot of inconsistency in his play and a lack of production at the college level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, kind of in the same vein, uh, a player who, uh, a, a you know, an overage draftee from last year who I really thought was going to hit the ground running in the NCAA this year. Um, Cole Knubel has been struggling a bit as well. Yeah, um, You know, he was a fourth round pick of the Philadelphia Flyer, and, it's, and I thought that was a great pickup. I still do. Um, it's really early. It's his rookie year, but still two points and 13 games only on a program like Notre Dame. Um, I'm a bit surprised to see that, especially since he put up 30 goals and 66 points and 57 games last year with the Fargo force and the progression in his game and in strapless one was really impressive. I was really impressed with what he added to his game. And that was a big reason I thought he could be kind of a top three round, um, kind of option there for, for teams. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been tough to watch him this year with, uh, Notre Dame. Um, I'm looking forward to see a bit more involvement off puck because, you know, he, he's really good at the front game he's really good at, at getting there um but once the once the puck goes out of the 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 offensive zone he struggles to find the right option in terms of where he needs to be and all that so i just really want to see some progression there and i hope we do uh but that wraps things up for our second segment now we'll talk about some defensemen here in our third segment but before we get into any of that uh just a quick word from our sponsors over at better help Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a great option in terms of getting you the help you need, um, especially this time of year. You know, it it can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about the coming winter, the lack of sun, the lack of, you know, ability to, you know, stay active in in cases like these, Um, especially if if you're like me where, you know, I got into hockey late. Re- didn't really learn to skate, so you know, ice hockey is not a thing that I I can actually play. It's something that I analyze from a an outside perspective. Um, and I'm really good at that, but still, once when winter comes, it's a bit tougher to stay active, which affects your mental health. And for me, therapy's really benefited me overall. Um, it, it's helped me, you know, share my my experience, share my thoughts with people who, who care um, and who can help you in situations like these where you're not feeling the best. It can give you the right um, the right thought processes, the right, you know, the right, the right tools essentially in order to succeed um, and yeah if you know you need help and you know you find it difficult to find a reliable source better help is really easy really effective um, really reliable overall in terms of you know getting you the help you need so if you're th- if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online it's designed to be convenient flexible and suited for your schedule so fill just fill out a brief questionnaire on their website to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time with no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNHL today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot locked on LockedOnNHL. Check it out. All right. So closing things off, we'll talk about some NCAA defensemen. And there are a lot to talk about that we really like. I mean, first and foremost, uh, we might as well talk about Seamus Casey because he's tied for third in the entire NCAA for scoring. That is ridiculous. Um, What was your read on Casey in his draft year? I'm curious to know exactly kind of what you thought of Casey as a draft year prospect and what's changed since then.
1: I liked Casey a lot. Uh, I think that he definitely took kind of the backseat to, to Lane Hudson in terms of my viewings of offensive defensemen in the NTDP squad in 2022. But uh, I, I was always a pretty big fan of him. The skill has just always been really exceptional. I ranked him 16th overall on my board. So when he fell yep. into the second round, I did not really think that that was uh, what really should have happened. And uh, he's been showing really exactly why I thought that uh ever since he's hit the, de- the college level. so uh, Casey is this really high end uh, th- offensive thinker of the game, always looking to to shift uh, defensive structures always like looking for rotational movement looking to, to really always he's constantly moving the offensive zone like I, I haven't seen many defensemen uh, at the college level. Like be in such perpetual offensive motion as James yeah. Casey, he often plays almost like a forward, and how he moves off puck offensively and uh, his defensive game has taken a couple steps as well in the last couple of years. I've liked how he uses uh, some subtle aspects of physicality a lot better now than he was at the NTDP level. Uh, Lauren how to box out far bigger opponents than he than he is because he is still rather rather undersized, but uh, the skill on the puck is really really. Apart from Lane Hudson, it's unrivaled in, in the NCAA among defensemen, and uh, yeah, he's he's a special player. And New Jersey got a really, really, really good piece here in the second round.
0: Absolutely. Speaking of Lane Hudson, I mean, he's he's probably one of the the, the prospects I've scouted the most. Um, oh yeah, over. I mean, he's just he's ridiculously skilled and it's beyond just, you know, the ability to deke out opponents, which we all know we've seen the highlights. He's just he has this uncanny ability to move through pressure and to to send opponents the wrong way. But on top of that, I mean, he's improved his physical game, especially um, since last year. I mean, I've seen him out muscle players twice his size, um, you know, shrug off opponents that are 6'3", 200 pounds off his back and be able to make a play with his back to the play, you know, a behind the back pass, that kind of thing with that 6'3 player draped all over him. I mean, he's he's just he's improved that aspect of his game. I saw him throw a major like a big hit and a couple games ago. Um, and on top of that, his defensive game has seen some progression, the skating still holds him back, but at least he's, he's anticipating the right spots. He's, he's reaching the right areas in the defensive zone. He's cutting off the right lanes. Um, mentally he's gone. He's gone even better at staying ahead of the play. It's just his feet haven't caught up. And as soon as his feet catch up oh my goodness, this is going to be unfair. Um, and I think it's just a matter of time. You know, he's working constantly with Adam Nicholas, who's a really good skating coach. He's really good at unlocking that second, third gear in players um, and that lateral mobility. Um, I'm excited to see how that kind of develops, especially as Lane Hudson climbs the ranks of the pros, which I don't think is going to happen, you know, uh, it, you know it's, it's not going to happen later than e- either at the end of this season we're at the start of the next. I think he's in the he's in the pros. If it's not the NHL, it's at least the AHL. Um, he's got the skill set for, it, he's got the dynamic ability. I can't name you a smarter offensive player overall, not just defenseman than, than Lane Hudson in the NCAA. I think he's smarter than Celebrini in terms of his processing of the game and his understanding of how to develop plays. So he
1: just he has yeah. three years on him, though, to be fair. Yeah. Like Celebrini has three years to catch up on that front, but, Granted, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, was, but it was, it, Lane Hudson is a special talent through and through.
0: Absolutely, and I, I don't even know who I'd pick between Kay, Casey and Hudson. I'm leaning Hudson just mainly because of that game-breaking smart smarts. You know, Casey. Is I, still- I
1: I still pick Hudson with with ease there. Uh, but yeah. I think that uh, part of that is sentimentality. But uh, he's <laughs> he's just been so incredibly dynamic. And in my viewings of Seamus Casey, yes, the dynamism is there, but the absolute game-breaking ability where like it looks like there's no other player than him on the ice, that's Blame, something that, that, that Casey yeah. can't replicate that Hudson has. And I, th- I think that is a really valuable tool that will uh, serve him very well at the NHL level.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think if the, especially if Habs fans, and I see this a lot, a lot of Habs fans are concerned about the defensive game. They think, oh, this is an offensive defenseman with a lot of skill. He must suck defensively. He doesn't he's not he's not bad defensively. He's got a bad skating stride going backwards and going and moving laterally. um and that holds him back from being able to keep up with players that are bigger and faster than him. that combination like if you put Lane Hudson and Josh Anderson against each other on a on a rush defense drill, Anderson's blowing by him every time for sure. but Hudson is smart enough to be able to anticipate what his opponents are going to do and get in the right spots, which mitigates that risk more or less, you know, in terms of the physical abilities, like, yes, he's going to get driven around, but I feel like Hudson is smart enough to pivot at the right time to put a stick in the right lane and then kind of block off the net front just by pure virtue of a stick positioning. I'm not as worried about Hudson's defense as, as a lot of, of HAPS fans are. And I'm really excited to see how, how he does at the NHL level because it's a big jump up. Yes. But, He's got the skill that you know. I don't think a lot of NHLers can keep up with, especially the 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 feel for the game with Hudson is ridiculous. So I'm really excited about him. But I think we can close things off as well with uh, Scott Murrow, who's been playing really really well so far um, in the NCAA, and the point totals speak for themselves. I mean, I believe he has what. Twelve points in, uh, fourteen points in twelve games as well. I mean, he's he's up there in terms of production for UMass, and a lot of the time, he seems like the only defenseman on UMass. Um, really active on that blue line, the lateral mobility, the opening of lanes, the ability to play give and go from that point. He activates a lot. A lot of the small details you want out of offensive defensemen are there. Defensively, he's about bang average. You know, he's not bad, but he's not he's not a standout either. Um, he can get hemmed in his own at times, but overall, I mean, we both liked more in his draft year, right? He, he, was, oh, he was, yeah. he was fun, He's good.
1: Though. He's yeah. really good. Scott Moore is a really fun defenseman. And, uh, like I think as far as a uh, right shot defenseman in that, uh, like 20 to 50 range in 2021 went, he was kind of the, the, the main one that I had my eyes on and yeah. Uh, of course, we saw the guys like Lok Mayu go in the same range, and Mayu is scoring at the AHL level, but Scott Morrow has this sense of creativity and offensive planning and overall decisiveness that, that Mayu doesn't match, and mm-hmm. I, I really did think that that Morrow was kind of like the premier right shot defenseman in that range of the draft, and that has a kind of stayed that same way ever since and i i've liked everything i've seen from him at the ncaa level like sure his production hasn't really been increasing year after year but his habits and his defensive game have been taking those steps because the offensive game really hasn't really needed too too much of an overhaul since his draft year was always a pretty significant strength with him but he's been added so much to that frame since then and uh definitely projects as a potential second pairing piece for carolina moving forward
0: Absolutely. And a quick reminder before we end things off that Artyom Lefshunov, the draft eligible right handed defenseman out of Michigan State and Belarus, uh, is still at a point per game. So he's still firing mm-hmm. off all cylinders. And I'm excited to see how that develops this season. But that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you like what you've been watching, make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform or the Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. for your second and listen to the day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. They got all your news and updates about what's going on around sports. And make sure to tune in for t- for tomorrow's show and for the rest of the week as we continue our prospects coverage. This has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.